Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth. We are on a particular series that has really have taken us uh, to deeper insights in the things of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about um, advertising the word of God. I'm excited about being the church. And so um, today, today we're going to talk a little more from the church dynamic and um, add on what we have been taught in the church. Oh, Lord, the mic is acting up. Praise God, it's okay. I had to turn it off, but I wanted to make certain that I communicate to everybody that we're on live, that we're doing uh, this teaching in the excellency of Christ. Amen. But um, God is faithful, and he is worthy to be praised. Amen. It's exciting to be in the word of God, and it's exciting to be a part of the plan of God. And so we're on part three. Now, let me give you a concept of this. Uh, That I want you to understand. I want you to know. Give me one second, y'all. Make sure I get the word out that we are on and we can share this word. Amen. Amen. So let people know that we're on every Sunday. Um, if you want to join us live at seven o'clock, and we go to about seven forty-five. Let me give you what we're doing. We are in a series where we're dealing the Lord. We are unfolding the revelation of triumph. Okay. And one of the things that we understand through the series of triumph. And this is really not the teaching. This is how you can get the most out of the teaching. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I know I sound like a little explanation, but I'm going to go into uh, the revelatory teachings that the Lord has given, okay? So I'm LeVon Breland. We are on a specific theme this year. And that is is that is this is a, this is a declared revelation that this is a year of triumph. And what does that mean? That's exactly what we're breaking down. That the word triumph is a word that is used to 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 this to. Uh, let me make sure that I'm not. You know, okay, good, good. Usually I have my confirmation that, that I have good sound. Um, I'm gonna make sure I have that and everything. But um, but the word triumph was used in the body of of in the body of Christ to declare over us um, a victory that that God could give that far goes far beyond our existence. You know what I'm saying? It is a it is a unprecedented victory. We couldn't achieve it on our own. We couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't determine the outcome. Any matter of fact, it's, it's like we're giving credit for something that we could never achieve. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this is a this is a very good uh, lesson um, that really challenges us to really take on some some real uh, revelation. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're teaching out of revelation. We're taking one 
picture that God has given us and getting as much of the lessons out that he's given uh, for these lessons. Y'all get my point. Now, in doing that, one of the things that, three of the things that he's highlighted with me uh, is that these, we will have seasons of transformation, transition, and transfiguration. And so that's our yearly outline that we will, that, that we're breaking down. And we are in the transformation season. We're still at the latter part of the first one. We're getting ready to go into transition, and then we're going to end the transfiguration. And then next year we'll be in another portion of, of, of this, which is dominion. Hallelujah. And I'll, I'll give you that. We're going to talk about dominion in a way that I, I don't think I've taught it for, okay? So um, if you want to go back in, to, um, in the 90s, the Lord gave me uh, two revelations about true colors and dominion. But he, he revisited some subjects with me for me to preach for the coming days, okay? So I am in this series that the Lord has given me, teaching on transformation through triumph. And one of the ways we're going to do that is resolve conflict. You hear what I'm saying? And so I've used the teaching like handling conflict God's way, um, help, uh, help for church hurt. I've been hitting it in all types of forms all throughout the first part of the year. Um, and, and now we're all co- com- communicating, confronting, and correcting uh, church conflict. We're dealing with the church, but we're dealing with conflict. We're resolving our issues. And that's what the Lord was saying. We've got to stay consecrated before him. We've got to stay clear of some things. And offense is sabotaging us. And so we, we have in the first two lessons dealt with Thessalonians and Ephesians. And we're going to still stay in Ephesians. We're going to go to Revelation today and, and emphasize this, this church. One of the attacks is people don't go to church. They don't want to be identified as the church. And we don't see a proper display of the power in the church. And so what he's having me teach on, what he's having me teach on, is what we should be as the church. Do y'all hear me? And, and so I'm on an assignment, and I'm working back to the future. This, uh, you know, kind of thing. I'm, I'm in, this, in this space, in this headspace, where I'm, I'm literally recalling things from the Spirit um, even years ago. As a matter of fact, in the, in the yearly theme of 2014, I gave an outline prophetically. And what God gave me was some things that I want to review that today. And then I want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, what was the problem with the church? What's, what, what was some of the problem with the, the, the prehistoric church? And, 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 and so we know them because we, we, um, we assume a lot of stuff. And some conflict is really not the church's conflict, it's us. And that's why we are starting in the first division with correct me first. You you know, every we want to go and deal with people and interact with people, and we, we're not straight. And that ain't right. You want to help somebody. The Bible says, having a preacher, others like myself, be a castaway. Make sure you ain't a castaway. Correct me first. And if you're, if you're, if you're, and I know because I was prone, 
to be in conflict with everybody else except me. Okay with the stuff that I did. Was it okay with what other people do? And I dare you to come at me in your kind of way. Because my natural thing is I'm a fighter. I like to fight. I'll fight you down to, but that ain't the way Jesus told us to exemplify, and we don't have the right. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? We don't have the right to just act any old kind of way. Amen. So we're going to go in that in that devotion. Correct me first, part two. We're in part three of, of communicating, confronting, and correcting church conflict. We're in part three of that, and I probably said the title wrong, but the title's on the broadcast, so you know, because uh, it's just one of those things. I just pay attention. This is a this is a revelation that's bigger than this, and we are we are experiencing victory in life to another degree. And I'm just talking about you know, let's just resolve to make it. Let's resolve to make it as a church. <clears throat> All right, now pray with my boys. Uh, you know, when there's seasonal changes, sometimes the, um, I never said, sometimes the um, weather tries to get the best of you. And so even in teaching this, I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I go back to it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I got, I got thoughts. I got a, I got a um, um, thing that the Lord wants us to do. Um, but even in, in doing this sometimes, I've been just going through something I noticed on the broadcast that my voice kind of goes in and out. So the um, um, the enemy doesn't definitely doesn't want me to teach this, okay? But I know that I'm going to teach this, amen? And, um, and I am teaching it, amen? This is not a preaching class. I'm not trying to show my spiritual ability. And I do have spiritual ability, but I'm not trying to show it. I'm really trying to share um, this, and, and then we'll we'll next week surmise with correct me first and kind of give you some very your concepts. We want to give concepts that correct me first theology concepts that transform how we convert our emotions to Christ and um, Christian response rather and. Um, we're going to deal with satanic control a little bit today, um, and because you know the Bible says he seek whom he may devour. So we got a plan with this. We got a we got a place that we're going. You just got to flow with us. And if you haven't heard the first two lessons, you're already behind. So make sure you listen to the first two lessons of it, and get my heart behind it, especially with how we are as a church. And then let's go forward. Let's do this thing. Let's do this. Amen. I, there's a song I've been playing for the last two weeks now um, that says we're marching in the power of the Holy Ghost. We're walking in victory. And uh, and, and it's just a, let's get up. That's what it's telling us. To, let's get excited. And, you know, the devil just try to keep you just not excited about nothing. You know, so I'm excited. I'm excited to teach. I'm excited to share. I'm excited to uh, uh, proclaim God's word with you. And so, I believe you're going to be blessed by this lesson. I believe you're going to be blessed by the lessons to come. And so I'm going to teach it in the excellence and the authority and the excitement that God has given me. Man. So I'm excited. You'll need the Bibles for Revelation chapter 2 uh, today. And i got to get my big print because I want to be able to see. 
and kind of uh, we're going to be in Revelation chapter two if we go into place of and Ephesians. I made a very statement, uh, a very strong statement that the gifts were not fivefold. I know we're not taught that, so I want to go back to that a little bit, and then uh, we'll we'll build this new concept of the church and just come on what are the issues with the church today, and then uh, from there kind of go back into our 2014 revelation. I think, well, we might do that first verse and then end with the seven churches. But we are going to give the uh, seven churches, and I told you in the first lesson that you need to understand, don't ever, don't ever go and participate in something you don't know about. One of the major things that people don't know about is the church. They don't know nothing about the church. They don't even know why they go. And, of course, because they don't properly know when stuff happened in the church, and stuff ruffled their feathers. The first people that get out are the ones that've been in there forever. It's like, wait a minute, you've been saved. Trust me. Uh, now there's some things that's happening in churches where you got to re- leave. I, knew, I had to leave my church. It was, I mean, it was just, it was just a, it was the proper thing to do. And then my church wasn't really acting like the church. Amen. And I, I will say their name because I want to, but. Holy Spirit will constrain me. On, <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong with all of those things. Well, some churches did the same right. And the church that I last attended, they were right. Hallelujah. I'm saying fast that he definitely wasn't right. <laughs> so, amen. And, but, I, you know, God will bless you, and you, you know, because there are other assemblies. But, man, we can't stop being a church. We can't stop being who we are. And even can't let circumstances when people act up, cut up, make us shut up. Because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to shut you up from from obtaining that victory that you already have. And the interesting thing about this this triumph is that triumph is like, you know, that scripture in Romans 8 where it says we're more than conquerors. Triumph has that perspective. Okay, I got that one minute. I got to go. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. Thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice for the glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit who is the educator and the guide that gives me clear articulation of speech and thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We are talking about communicating or correcting, communicating, and confronting ministry conflicts or church conflicts. And we have been on this because we want to first comprehend the plans of God. Did y'all hear what I said? We want to comprehend the plan of God. He said that, that the church houses the plan of God, the power of God, and the people of God. And that all have to be in full function for the church authority to be realized in the earth that the people will have to operate in the power according to God's plan. And that in that plan, with that power, and those 
those uh, is with that plan with those power are a people that are set to seek and save the lost and to serve the present age. Did y'all hear what I said? The people are set to seek and save the lost and to serve this present age. And so in that, we see the church uh, is the place where the gospel is to be preached, that there's a gathering of the saints. There is a... a, uh, 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 a growth both spiritually and physically. Anything in God grows. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And there's a there's a um, there is a great out, outreach to the law. There's a great outreach to the law, but then there is a, a growth that also takes place in the nature of Christ. And Christ is not Jesus's last name. It is the effect of the Holy Spirit. On humanity Jesus was the Christ Or he was the one anointed Of the Holy Spirit To serve as the catalyst Of change for the world He said I didn't come to do My own will but the will of him who what Who sent me He was sent of the Father To seek to, to save the world God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son John 3.16 Whosoever believes in him shall not perish But have everlasting life do you know what I'm saying? So he was set as the catalyst of change. And then when he sent us, go and make disciples. Hallelujah. The, the Great Commission, when he told us to go into all the world, baptizing them or place them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What's the name? The name is Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? So we don't argue over that, over what you should be baptized. You baptize in Jesus' name. Y'all get it? Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I'm a Christian. You can't have the Father. You can't have the Son without the Father. And if you don't have the Son, then you, the Bible says you're cursed. Y'all know that? Y'all know this doctrine? So we, we believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is what? It's Jesus. Because he's been given that, that name that's above every name. So we have two uh, contrasting ideas that really are complementary. But because people are set on being divisive over word games, they're missing out on the plan that God has ultimately for the church. And like I said, the gift to the church was the function and the flow of the Holy Ghost. It was not those who were set to serve in the church. He told you what he did. Now, now Ephesians chapter 4, now we're talking about a walk worthy and comprehending the plan of God. See, when the plan is distorted, then the power won't be displayed. And you know why churches are not functioning in the authority of the Spirit and flowing is because they don't give credit to the Holy Ghost. They give credit to gifts. They're in love with the pastor. They're in love with the prophet. They're in love with the apostle or the bishop. And that's what we're going to be addressing. What is what's causing these conflicts? That's what I'm answering. Now, in correcting me first, I have to ask one question. Am I comprehending the plan of God? See, when the plan of God is not clear in my head, then everything else is wrong. No matter how, see, because then I go to church and I got ambition. So I'm throwing money because I see they, they take offerings. And they, when the pastor says something good, 
They throw it down at the pastor's free. And so I want to show people I got some money. I'm going to throw some money down too. <laughs> you know what they do. And then you got you got all these competitions and ambitions taking place in the church. So you, you're not getting gifts like speaking in tongues. <clears throat> it's either translated scripturally <clears throat> for two things, for personal edification or development spiritually. That's the one that we really lack it in. Or it's set so that someone can receive the gospel in their language. Como estáis muy bien muchas gracias, Señor. Do you get what I'm saying? That's Spanish. That ain't tongues. And that's what we saw in Acts chapter 2. So you either have translation or transformation that should be taking place. But because we've done some things, we got intercessory prayer prayer, and people want to get on a prayer line and just talk in tongues. They don't edify nobody. They don't build nobody up. Well, we don't know what you're saying. That's just confusion. And because they run out of, because they don't really have a focus on what they're praying and talking about, then they talk about they going up in tongues. No, that's just emotion. That's babble. That ain't no prayer language. Prayer is a language. It's communication with God. So if you're praying in the spirit, the, the prayer of the spirit is not going to be Shanda, Shanda, Kita Toya, Ho. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a prayer language. It's going to be a flow. And because you don't have faith to receive it, you don't have faith to achieve it. You know, and that's what, so we, see, these are conflicts that we have. We have conflicts of just accepting God's word as authority. There was nobody in the New Testament who was separated to lead the church who was not who was who was who had no evidence of the Holy Spirit. When the disciples the disciples were charged to go to to, to um the, the Bible says Jesus breathed on them and they became filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't nobody. So the the, the authority of the Spirit. It's pivotal in the church, and because it's not given proper place, like I said, I went to a church on on Pentecost, and they didn't acknowledge two things. They didn't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, and they didn't acknowledge the, the, the birthday of the church because it would require them to communicate about what took place when that occurred, right? What took place when that occurred? The demonstration of the Holy Spirit. So when you discredit the Holy Spirit and it's is working, that's what's happening. Are you discrediting the Holy Spirit in your life, or are you doing it? And I remember when people would get so bold and sarcastic as to say, because you know, when you first get saved, everything changes. Now we don't see that no more because a lot of times, you know, matter of fact, people joke about it. But back in the day, they said, you know. Where people say, I looked at my hands and my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. And and so what we've done because people have taken stuff and perverted it, we act like that don't take place. But when you really get saved, everything that you look at looks different because there's something that takes place within your heart that wants to be right with God, that wants to reign in your life versus ruin your life. And so many times because we we have we have downgraded what it means to be the church. 
people are not really getting that experience anymore like like we used to see. You know, we talk about yesteryear because there was just something that we saw. When people got saved, they got saved. You know they got saved. I mean, they got, and it wasn't just tongues. It was just their whole life. I mean, nasty, nasty jokers would then become just knowledgeable and, and just people of integrity and, and just just their whole conduct would change. I mean, when they got saved, they got saved. And then the Lord was telling me, he said, I didn't, I never said that, that the gifts that were sent or the, 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 or, or, or the church or the, the roles in the church were the gift. And I went back to Ephesians and I said, well, well let's, let's work this out. And, and listen, he said, now ever endeavoring, now here's the objective, chapter, verse 3 of Ephesians 4. Ever endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, which is the spirit. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Now he tells you that before he gets to that. Then he goes and emphasizes the oneness. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. <clears throat> But to every now here verses here verse seven see because see I don't want y'all to say oh he um, he's done gone off the rock I no I just read the word and believe what the words say first see if I can't believe what's written I won't believe what's perceived by the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit doesn't testify of himself he testifies of what has been brought as the will of God to us see I want you to get, learn Ephesians four three uh, four seven. Or three seven because some of you don't know it, and you've made yourself because you think you have a gift, or because you think you have a calling, you're the gift. You're not the gift. I'm sorry. And that's the attack, the the display, the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edification of the body will not take place in idolatry. And when people are so self narcissistic, when they when they they're, they're stuck on them. They will never experience the, the authority and the effect of the plan of God that is already in effect. But unto every one of us is given what? Grace according to the measure of the gift of who? The gift of who? The gift of Christ. Who is Christ? Is Christ Jesus' last name? Absolutely not. It is the function of the Holy Spirit. He's been talking about the Holy Spirit. He said that you walk worthy of the vocation which you are called with lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. How dare we call our gifts, or how dare we call our callings the gifts of God? That's what's not the gift. The gift was the gift of Christ or the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, y'all see me with, with becoming demonstrative in this because when I get to where I'm going to in, in the Revelation, of this whole of this whole picture, you're gonna understand why the role of the Holy Spirit has to be secure in order for you to experience the effect of his authority in the church. Cause some of us ain't saved and some of many of us ain't filled. You know, we talk about the fullness <laughs> the fullness of Christ. And you you ain't functioning in Christ, but you want to claim that you filled. The devil is a liar. You got to give authority to what he is. He's the gift. And I told you last week, you're, you're, you being a pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist is not the gift. 
That's a vocation. That's a calling. That's a service. That's a sacrifice. That's where you've submitted your heart to the, to the Lord. You're not the gift. The Holy Spirit's the gift. You're guarding, you're serving in those capacities so that the Holy Spirit can have proper place and flow and function for the church to be framed according to the will of God or the plan that he has. And if you don't comprehend the plan of God, then you won't see the perfecting of the saints. You won't see the work of the ministry, and you won't see the church build up right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Stop glorifying these callings. And making them the gift. They are not the gift. Anyway, because that way, when they die, the church, what what we got to do? Oh, somebody die. You keep being the church. We got too many children running the church. And so when somebody dies, they don't know what to do. They got to go into deep reevaluation. They got to go into what Moses like, like he a Moses, like we got Moseses in the church. We don't have a Moses in the church. Christ died for his church. We don't need no leaders in this church. The head of the church is not dead. Just because a gift or a calling died don't mean the church died. And what I'm finding is when we have conflict with one another, in the church, we confuse our personal issues <laughs> with the issues that that, that, that what, what's legitimate issues in the church. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all just turn the volume down if I get a little loud. Oh, bless his name. Amen. Praise God. So you see in verse 7, chapter 3, that we are not the gifts, that the gift is Christ. And he, and he and he breaks that down and he and he emphasized oneness because when he said he ascended, he led captivity captives. He gave gifts to men. What was the gift? The gift of Christ. Not now he that ascended also. Verse nine. Now he that ascended. What is what it is? What what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended. Now listen. I want you to understand, Ephesians was written after the resurrection. And uh, uh, here's, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here's the, here's the concept. You got to, you got to know when things were written. Because they're, they're under the assumption that you understand that the authority of the church comes into motion or into reality when the resurrection is resolved in your heart as true. And if you don't believe that he raised from the dead, you will never comprehend what it means, this, this 9 through 12. 12. Now, and he didn't say they were gifts, but we'll, we'll read it. And he descended. It's the same one that also ascended far above the heavens. Who was that, Jesus? That he might fill what? All things. Now, Colossians tells you that he fulfilled all things, right? Now, verse 11, and he gave some. Now, what we've done is we've made that, and he gave some, and he didn't say they were gifts. He said they were people. And he gave them for a season. And he gave the outcome of why he gave them. He gave the outcome, the objective, and he gave them the overview of what's going to take place. All of these verses, but, but in verse 7, he gives you what the gift was. 
and I was achieved. And then he gave you the same one that caused Jesus to go into hell, bring back the keys of the kingdom, and also ascend to the right hand of the Father, who so he could fulfill all things, is the Holy Ghost. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed of the Spirit with power. He said, he said in Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. So the Holy Spirit is, is the gift that ascended and descended. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, we've got to teach the Holy Ghost right. The Holy Ghost is the intelligence of God. It's the one that fulfills God's plan. It's the one that empowers us. How can it empower us? It contains the power that we need. And if we don't give authority to the Holy Spirit, we will never function as the church. We will never flow in the power of the church, and we will never fellowship with the people in the church. Oh, so now we understand why there's church conflict, because we ain't flowing in the Holy Ghost. We, got, we, 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 we haven't given proper place in the Holy Spirit. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, and then he tells you what he gave. He, he didn't say, I gave some gifts. He didn't say that. I gave some gifts. I said, he didn't say that. He said he gave some. And, and if you're going to have integrity, you're going to have to flow in the word and see what the words say and stick with the word. He didn't give the, he didn't give the past apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He didn't give them that gift. There's nowhere in the scripture that calls them gifts. As a matter of fact, it says walk worthy of the vocation. That's a word. That's a task. That's an assignment. And you're over here celebrating these people like they're ornaments on a Christmas tree. And when they die, you don't know what to do. Because the roles have been diverted. As if their death or their life is going to stop God's plan. Get it right, church. Get it right. Get it together. Get back to the word. And gave on for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of, of the Holy Ghost, of Christ. Till we all come into what? The unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, until a perfect man unto the, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of who? Christ, the Holy Ghost. That see his form, no be more children tossed and full and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, by the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and in wait to deceive. Now listen, it says verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow. Did I give you the five things that take place in the church? What was it, growing in the age of Christ? Right? That they may grow, up to, grow up into who? Into him. Into him. Who is him? Verse 7, he's the gift of Christ. Verse 3, he's, the, he's the, the bond of the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body in verse 4. Do you get what I'm saying? They talk about the Holy Ghost. It's been the Holy Ghost the whole time. How are you going to have a church without the Holy Ghost? And that's what's discrediting us. We're giving place, we're giving priority to people to perform versus the Holy Ghost. The place where I honor the weather. Lord have mercy. Help us to be the church where we're 
name. Go up into him, which is the head, even Christ. Who's the head? Who's the head of the church? Did it say Jesus? Jesus, of course, Jesus and Christ are born. They're not in conflict. But I, I, I want you to see what the scripture says. The head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies according to the effectual worship, working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love. This is all the display of the Holy Ghost. This I say and testify in the Lord that they hit for Walk not as the Gentiles in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance of that is in them and the blindness of their heart. Do you get what I'm saying? But it says, what, verse 22, skip down. It says that she put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to his lust, and be renewed in the what? In the spirit of your mind. Did y'all hear what I said? This is a, this is a, this is a teaching about the Holy Ghost. This is about the Holy Ghost, and that's what uh, that's that's and and then the Holy Ghost, of course, is correct how you communicate to one another, and that's what we get our lessons from: correcting, communicating, and confronting fronting ministry conflict. When there's ministry conflict, you've got to go back to Ephesians four and give them the plan. Wait a minute. One of the reasons why we're having problems in the church is because people think that the gifts to the church are those that have been sent to serve the church. And the gift to the church was the Holy Spirit's functioning and flow and consistency. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father of all who's in all and through all. This is the, this is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So last week I hit that point. And I just left it alone and said, you know, the people of the gifts are not, the, the, the gifts in the store, I said, that there's no such thing as you having a gift as a prophet. You're not a gift because you're a prophet to the church. You ain't a gift. Not, not in that capacity. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And so that's, then we got these other manipula- manipulations uh, in the scripture. The, the pastor, of course, that's the most glorified one other than the apostles, which we don't even believe exist anymore. <laughs> but hold on to integrity. Now, let's get into it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the introduction. Woo! we got a few minutes. All right, so being in Christ is the same as being in the church, uh, or being in the church, rather. And and you got to understand that, that it is the role of the Holy Spirit that that enables us to live the Christian life, and 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 being a part of that, uh, giving giving the revelation of His power will provoke us to change our position. And so, what I've been doing is making an appeal to you to obtain revelation from God, get the big picture, comprehend the plan of God, See, because you won't have confidence to exist in His authority if you don't understand His plan. And all that getting, get what? An understanding, and what's happening is people are going to a place that they call church, and one it may not even be the church. If the effects of the church are not in display, if the gospel is not being preached, if there's not a, a gaining of the of the lost, if there's not a, a, a gathering for God to be glorified, if there's not a growth that takes place in the nature of Christ and a physical growth in the church, then the church is not evident in that place. 
Now, one of the things that the Lord told me in 2014, he gave me a plan. And when he gave me the plan, I taught on the plan, but I've learned since then when he gives me that overview of the year to really expound on that revelation. Because typically that revelation will be a a navigation for what's going to take place for four to five years. And so in, in reviewing for triumph when I was really seeking the face of God for direction, I had had, went through a life change uh, uh, in my own personal life. And things, my world was turned upside down and thrown away and had to restart again. And we'll be talking about that in the coming days, I promise you. But in, 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 in that, when he gave me this revelation, he began to tell me about death. And, 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 and life And he talked about us living our life And, and really obtaining victory For real and, and, and talking about Seizing faith But then also In 2014 I said that we would reign as kings 2016 rather 2016 I said that we would reign as kings In life as an era of faith And I know That when I teach something and the Lord gives me something, it's generally for three to five years in the future. And so when I was studying triumph, he brought me back to what I said of that we must do. And, and I, gave, um, I gave five things that we must do. And I think it's important that you know these things. When we talk about communicating and correcting, we're talking about confronting. We got to, first of all, correct me first mentality. Correct how I see God's plan for the church. Correct how I conduct myself as being established in righteousness. Correct how I control my communication in regards to others that I recognize as the body of Christ. See, when when I'm, and this is something that I've learned that I've struggled with. When I'm blowing up that folk and jumping up in folks' face and, and, and cussing them out without cussing, you know, we church people do that too. It's not a regard to what God is working on, what, what God has set in motion. It's really our lack of appreciation to what God has already planned in his word. So we are advancing our pursuit to righteous living. When I say we're entering into an era of faith, and I meant living uh, in the reality of our redemption, living and relying on the Holy Spirit, living in a real experience in the world. This is what the Lord gave me in 2016. He said that we are abandoning the courses of the world through denying accepting sin as the norm, denying accepting selfish ambition, and denying accepting the stupidity of our truth, which means that we're, our truth ain't stupid. That's one of the things they want to make believers and Christians to think that what we're saying don't make sense. Then it says we are awakened to our reality of our sonship, which means we are adapting to the nature of Christ, advancing our state of prayer and supplication, and adapting to the life of prayer and fasting. And then we are admonishing or abolishing, rather. We are abolishing 
and this is where we are, abolishing divisions amongst the saints. That means establishing a healthy relationship with one another, educating ourselves on the ministry of reconciliation, and empowering the corporate anointed. This is what we were, were supposed to be implementing throughout 2016 to now. Okay? And then we are... Uh, fifthly, we are arising to an era of faith and exploits of power, understanding faith as a law, a life-altering way, giving God supreme standard, and understanding faith as a life, living in God's life state, focusing on eternal matters, L-I-F-E, life, understanding faith as love, right? And, and that's the, that was the third revelation. Third, understanding love. Now, I said in opening up as the church, you got to love God. You got to love what he loves. You got to hate what he hates. You got to live like he lives. You got to do what he does. But you got to say what he says. You hear what I'm saying? Now, let's get into today's lesson. Go to Revelation. I told you in in the first lesson, and and he had me slow down so that we, when I speed up, we can get it right. I I realized something in the in the New Testament. We talk about the categories of the Bible, categories of the Old Testament law, history, poetry, prophecy. Okay, very simple. Laws teaches us the order of God. History is his story teaches us about the character of God, right? Poetry is the expression of the intent behind the content. And prophecy teaches us the voice of God. Pay attention to what it says. And then you have the Gospels of history, which is still the Old Testament, which is the good news, emphasis on the good news, that God sent his son Jesus to save us from our sins. But then you have the history of the church, and that's where the New Testament begins. It goes back from covenant. It goes back to what took place. We established upon better promises and covenant. It's the history of the of the church in effect, and that's why we really need to focus on when we're studying the scripture. I got a Bible that's solely New Testament. That I mean, I have a, I, mean, I, have, a, I have a Bible that has Old Testament in it. I'm not against us learning the Old Testament. Of course, the scripture says that the, the Old Testament was written throughout for our learning, that we, through the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So it is what causes us to anchor to our hope, and our hope in God will cause us to establish us in the things of God. You hear what I'm saying? But the gospels of history, or the histories of the church, is supposed to ignite the new covenant within our conscience. Because now we know because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, even if we don't know it by letter, by spirit, we can comprehend the things of God. And that's what Paul says in Romans 1, where he says, you can look around and clearly see that the things were, which were created were made, hallelujah, by the things of God. You can clearly see God in effect. Because we know that our, our understanding, our ability to comprehend don't compare to what we see in that's working, that we use, that we hinge reality on. We wake up with, with a conscience. We don't, this, the Bible says the spirit moves like the air. 
We don't know what direction the air is coming from, but we know the air exists because we breathe. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We need oxygen to live. We don't know the source of it, but we know the system of, of, of flowing. And now we're learning the sources because God's not withholding anything from us. That's why I don't get choked up when somebody talking about their cloning. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other joke. Amen. I was being funny with that. Glory to God. Pastors. That what the what the people what the what the enemy and the world wants you to do is 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 sabotage the, the forward progress of the church. One they can't control the church. It is amazing how the world politics want to control the church. Corrupt powers want to control the church. Wickedness in uh, in high places. Things that exalt itself against what? The knowledge of God. And we can attain the knowledge of God. Revelation is how we learn. We we see God's plan and God's plan focuses us to implement and work out work out in his power. So how do I stop you from operating in power for real? Make the plan of God irrelevant. The hearts of men will wax cold. You hear what I'm saying? I was like something when we talk about revelation. You're talking about John on the Isle of Pat. In a matter of a couple of days, maybe three to nine days, not a couple of years, a couple of days, see a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> he sees so far, he sees so far away that he sees past what we see today. A new heaven and a new earth where there dwells righteousness. But he focuses on a set of churches in Asia. And he deals with what the, the angels, the angelic hosts, assist the Holy Ghost in communicating. Uh, I don't want to get too deep in that. To the church. So you need to know what the churches are. Seven churches are. What are they? Ephesus. This is Church of Asia Minor. Ephesus. Smyrna. Pergamum. Cyprus. Thyatira, that's me, my country accent. Sardis, Philadelphia, and Lodithia. Now, I'm just going to get to the meat, the nutshell of it because of time. Because I'm already 10 minutes over. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I gave you the list of them, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Lodithia. Now, these churches all had great strengths, but they also had great weaknesses. But the conflicts are interesting. And I think we need to emphasize what they were charged from the Lord as conflict. Legitimate conflict. And I think if we see the the conflict that Christ, Jesus had with them, then we can make a decision on the conflict that we had. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? That we can look at the conflict that we're having and see if, if these are the areas which at least the Holy Ghost addressed the first time he addressed the church of Asia Minor. Although they had seven locations, one church, seven locations. And this is one set of churches. You got the church of Jerusalem. 
and you got Church Galatians. You got the Church of Thessalonica. I love saying that word. That's not even mentioned in these centuries. <clears throat> and you see Ephesus, which is around Colossae. So it could be assumed that these churches are really the, the hubs, if you will, of the other churches that also existed. Because Paul planted a whole lot more churches than what is being mentioned in these seven. This is not Paul's address. Paul did not write Revelation. This is this is who on the Alapath? John. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I need y'all to understand these things. When we talk about the church here, you're seeing another vantage for other than the man who communicated three-fourths of the New Testament concept of the church. You're hearing the Holy Spirit display his conviction and his verdict on the church and the conflict that they see repeating itself at the revelation. Okay? Now, Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 7 talks about returning to your first love to the church of Ephesians. In the church of Smyrna, they had little strength. Revelation chapter 2, 8 through 11. I'm going to get back to this. Out in, in Pergamon, they were blasphemers and a synagogue of Satan. Revelation chapter 2, 12 through 17. In Thyatira, they have false teachers, false doctrines, and fornication. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. In Sardis, they were required to strengthen the things which remained because they had no perfect works. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Philadelphia was one of the churches that was in good standing with God. Very little negative was said about them. As a matter of fact, I don't think there was anything said to them but to repent. And to, um, well, of course, they had the influence. Let me, let me back up. Just go there for a second because I want to make sure I give you what the Lord has given me and not what I'm recalling in my. Oh, they, they, uh, um, in Philadelphia. They had a little strength. So you see, <clears throat> Smyrna and Philadelphia had the same thing. <clears throat> but God was opening up a door, okay? And then in Lodicea, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lodicea, okay, let me give, did I give you the scriptures for Philadelphia? Philadelphia, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. And then Odysseus, um, Revelation chapter 4, I mean, chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. And, um, and there's other one that talks about um, bribery. 
Because they're not hot or cold. They, they straddle the fence. <laughs> okay, now. They're not hot or cold, okay? Now let's look at these seven things and put them together. And give seven reasons why conflicts take place in the church. <laughs> Did y'all see how I get it? I get it directly from Scripture. I don't, I don't create my seven points. Never create your points when you're preaching. Let the Scriptures create your points for you. <clears throat> what do they call it? Exegesis? <laughs> right? Amen. Now, I'm going drawing to a close. Love issues, little stress, blasphemy, false doctrine, fornication, false teaching, which is false doctrine in a nutshell. No perfect works, right? In Philadelphia, like I said, they had little strength, and that, that was repeated. They didn't have strength, no strength, right? And then, and then, in, in the, what you call it, neither hot nor cold, right? Neither here nor there. They have no absolutes. Those are what caused the conflicts in the church. Now, I submit to you that we need to teach when we talk about conflict resolution in the church, how to combat these areas first before we address these things that people consider conflict in the church. Because a lot of people will then discover when these issues are addressed that these issues are not their issues. But these are the issues which the Holy Ghost sent an angel to reveal to uh, to John the Revelator in the Revelation experience on the Isle of Patmos to far show what is to come. And these churches were set in as an example that if these if these things going on with these with no love, little strength, blasphemy, a synagogue, in other words, you counterfeit church, counterfeit churches. Love it. See, that's where we need to teach from. That's where I'm going to teach from, but I'm out of time. I'm going to teach in the next week uh, and give these concepts of correct me first with with the church, me being the church, not me being my personality. I'm going to talk about how to deal with the, the loss of love, the little strength, blasphemy, false teachers, of course, you know that's the Jezebel spirit. No perfect works, and 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 a little a strengthless church, and a, and a church that's neither here nor there, neither hot nor cold. That's what we're going to deal with in the church conflict. Because see, if I don't comprehend the plan of God, two things I know that has happened. I don't know who I am. And I don't know what's happening. Y'all get my point? So the Lord gave me a barometer, a direction of how to go. First start with what a church conflict in my eyes. You don't love me. You just don't love me. 
You don't love what I love. You don't hate what I hate. You don't do what I do. You don't have strength. You're just little when it comes to strength. I didn't even say that to just one church. I said that to two. Let you know you need strength to be the church. The church demands power. You you got you got stuff going on satanically in the church. Yes, you know what? For the Holy Ghost to come down on planet Earth and reveal His plan, God's plan, and for part of it to say, "Listen, you got a bunch of thieves and robbers, and you're a synagogue of Satan." I don't even know how to. I didn't take that. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all get where we're going. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because the authority of the word causes us to to be motivated by the truth that makes us free and to do better. Because, Lord, we love you, and we want to do right before you. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to be the church. Help us to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. Help us today. Combat these issues that are taking place in our life. Help us, Lord. And then, Lord, we thank you because not only are you helping us, you have helped us. You've shown us first where we are, and then you showed us who we are. Father, now we're going to see in your word how we can do what you have purposed us to do. And for that, we praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 